Today we're going to be talking about the Gainesville Ripper. Have you heard of him? If not, stay tuned. So Daniel Rowling, aka Danny, was born in 1954 in Shreveport, Louisiana to a 19-year-old mother named Claudia and a police officer named James. Now James was said to have some issues, okay? A little bit of issues. So he was abusive towards his wife, he did become abusive towards um, Danny and later on his younger brother Kevin who was born a year after him. Um, it was said that the very first incident of his father physically abusing him was when Danny was only a year old because he was not crawling correctly. So that definitely he just didn't want no kids, he had some issues, okay? It was also said that James may have been suffering from some kind of combination of post-traumatic stress disorder and inherited mental illness as well. So just going off of those things, poor Danny may not have had much of a shot here. <laughs> okay, so James fought with Claudia all the time. He was very abusive, verbally, physically. Um, it was said that Claudia tried to leave him numerous times, but always would end up going back. And then once I said like his brother was born, the it got worse for the boys. Now Rowling did try his best to make the best of his situation. Um, he really enjoyed art and music, um, and he was gifted a guitar at the age of 15. Proved to be one of the best things that ever happened to him. It's definitely a memory that he always kept. He was always said to have been um, playing his guitar and singing him like songs as well. These early years as a time when he developed multiple personalities as a defense from this just horrible life that he was living with his father and his mother and all this fighting and abuse going on all the time. So it was definitely his way to try and escape. Now Danny did, once he was of age, he did try to joined the Navy. The Navy did not take him, but the Air Force did. Um, but by 1972, he was kicked out of the Air Force due to drug possessions. And after that point, he did go to live with his grandfather for a while. He was trying to find some sort of normal. He was said to have tried to find some stability, you know, like kind of forget about his past. So he was going to church, he was playing his guitar more often, and he did actually eventually marry. He married a woman named Omartha Halko, um, who he did have a daughter with, but eventually he drove her away. <laughs> Things from his past, the tendencies that he was used to as far as the abuse, um, verbally, all that, it took a toll on their marriage. Um, at one point he did threaten to murder her and that is when she decided to leave with their daughter. Now here we are at 1980. 1980 brought more of the same for poor Danny here who was in and out of jail in Alabama and Mississippi for armed robbery. His time when he wasn't in jail during these periods of time he was traveling a lot, um, seeing the country, he was also stealing, petty crime, armed robbery as well, and rape charges. So he was also forcing himself on different women as well. So Danny here just couldn't get it right. He just couldn't get it right. He just... Something that I've always been interested in, is it nurture versus nature? You know what I mean? Like, is do people 
serial killers or murderers end up the way they are because of how they were raised, the environment they were in, or is it genetic? So his dad was very abusive, um, not a very nice, friendly person, and he ended up to be that same way. Or was it because of his childhood that did it, so the environment that he was in? I'm definitely interested in you guys' thoughts, so leave them down in the comments below. Let me know what you think. Now back to the story. Now, back in Shreveport in November of 1989, Rowling was fired from his job at a restaurant. Now mind you, he always had issues trying to hold a job. Like, he has not, and nowhere I could find and said that he had a job anywhere for real. Like, it didn't last very long. That same night when he got fired, he broke into a home of Julia Grimson, 24 years old. Um, she was there with her nephew, Sean, who was eight years old, and her father, who was 55 years old, and his name was Tom Grinson. Um, the nephew was said to be over there for a birthday. His birthday weekend was coming up, so he was expected to go home that following Monday. Um, unfortunately, that would not happen. Julia was found with bite marks, and her body was arranged with her legs spread on the bed. She had been raped. Um, all the victims had been killed as well. And something that's very distinguished is the way that he killed. He always used a knife, so he would stab his victims. That following May, Rowling, AKA Danny, um, he broke into his family's home. He got into an argument with his father for the last time. He did attempt to murder him. Uh, luckily, he was not successful, but he did leave his father with um, two gunshot wounds, one which left him with no eye, and then one where it took away his ear as well. So he definitely was trying to kill his father. After that, he did flee to Kansas and Florida, eventually arriving in Gainesville, which is in Florida. In 1990, he set up a campsite in a wooded area behind the University of Florida. Um, Danny embarked on his murder spree as students began the fall semester at the college. On September 24th, he followed home roommates Christina Powell and Sanja Larson. He broke into their home and brutally stabbed and raped both students. The following day, he made Santa Fe Community College student Krista Holt his next victim, leaving her leaving behind listen how sick this guy is he left behind her severed head on a shelf to face her body propped up on the bed really really danny really yeah so this guy he was doing the most on august 27th the killer resurfaced again at the home of 23 year old uf student manuel tobada Hopefully I said his name right. I'm sorry if I didn't. And Tracy Pearls, a former high school football player, Tobiah put up a huge fight, heck of a fight, but unfortunately they were both um, overcome by Danny. He was a fairly large guy. He was 6'2". He was said to be built, you know, kind of like huskier, I guess we'll say. <laughs> luckily, I mean, I won't say luckily, but neither body was mutilated. Nothing was done to either one of them. At least he gave them a little bit of respect in that regard. The local task force was assembled to calm the frantic community. The schools were panicking. Um, I'm sure they were on lockdown. Everybody was, I mean, he was killing at random, just breaking in, killing, 
students. So they were trying their best to find the answer, see who was doing this. Authorities did zero in on a guy, their prime suspect. He was a UFC student who briefly lived in the same apartment complex as two of the victims. And he exhibited some really crazy erratic behavior at one point. It was said that he was arrested for hitting his grandmother, just some crazy things. But they soon realized there was nothing that was linking him to the crime. And then they also realized that he was battling acute manic depression. So they let him go. But they had no other leads after that. But little did they know, meanwhile, their killer that they were looking for was already in jail. In September, Rowling had robbed a Winn-Dixie grocery at gunpoint in Alcala, Florida and he was caught after crashing the getaway car. It wasn't until early the following year when authorities used a tooth extraction from Danny to link him to the DNA evidence of the Gainesville crimes. Because remember, Lee had bite marks on her, so they got a DNA sample from Rowling because he decided to rob a grocery store, crash the car, and they linked it together the next year. This made him the prime suspect. So get this, Danny here, not the smartest cookie there is. I guess he thought he was being careful, trying not to leave any DNA or anything, but bite marks, yeah, they, can, they can tell who you are based off of your teeth. So he wasn't, not exactly the smartest cookie in the jar. And since he's already facing multiple life sentences for his uh, various armed robberies, Danny was formally charged with the murders of the five victims in Gainesville, and this was in June of 1992. He claimed to be driven by an alternate personality named, quote, Gemini. Makes sense. I mean, I could see why he named it Gemini, split personality, you know. Around this time, while he's in jail, he started talking to a journalist named Sandra London, who would become his fiance and help him put together the making of a serial killer. So she wrote this book for him. Um, wild things. I, I definitely find better hobbies, find better things to do than to write serial killers. That's my that's my number one tip of the day. And all this time, all this time he was in jail, he was pleading not guilty. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. He used a fellow inmate named Bobby Lewis as his mouthpiece. So basically, you tell this person, hey, I did this, this, and this. And then that person goes and raps for you, basically, without you telling yourself. But yeah, so he didn't want to basically renege and say, yeah, you know what, y'all caught me. I did do it. So he told his friend and the friend confessed for him. In February of 1994, just before the start of the trial, Danny abruptly changed his plea to guilty. We don't know why. I, maybe it was just eating at him too much. Maybe he didn't want to go through the trial and have just his life just put on blast like that. Just, I'll just say guilty. Just give me whatever y'all wanted to give me. I'm already sitting in here for life. You know what I mean? I feel him. I get it. And to determine the sentence, jurors listened to testimonies from his mother who recounted the abuse that Danny had received at the hands of his father and from, um, psychiatrist who describes an alternate personality of Danny as Gemini as he said who drove him to do these satanic things these horrible horrific crimes 
two other psychiatrists also determined and testified that he was suffering from severe personality disorder as well. But they also stated that they believe that Rowling understood the magnitude of his crimes. So you can't use insanity if you comprehend what you're doing. And they determined that, yeah, he might have some issues, but he knows right from wrong. So, guilty. The jury unanimously found Danny guilty of first-degree murder of all five counts in late March. And a month later, he was sentenced to death. So he is now... He was put on death row. Now all his appeals have been exhausted by this point. He can no longer try and get a new plea or any of that. So he was faced with execution at Florida State Prison in October 25th, 2006. On that day, 47 people were said to have crammed into the witness room with one of his songs playing a religious hymn with the refrain, None greater than thee, O Lord, no greater than thee. His mic was then cut off, ending the life story of Danny Rowling. So, what do y'all think about this story? You know, I was looking, I'm always finding myself going down crazy rabbit holes looking for stories that I find intriguing or interesting or anything like that, and I came across that. But that is our story for today. I will be back with another one. Also, leave comments down below on what you would like me to talk about as well. Like as far as, do you have any stories that you want me to cover? Any stories that you don't think is that popular but people should know about? Where you're from, if anything in your city or your state is known for this crazy mystery or something, please leave it in the comments. I would love to hear what you guys have to say. But other than that, I will see you guys next time.